You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about our experiences in K-12 school. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I have poison ivy. Oh no! It happened because I was cleaning up, like, around where they put in our new fence. And there mm-hmm. was tons of poison ivy in there, but most of it was out. And so what I thought I was clearing out was just dead vines. And I don't know if poison ivy can still get you when it's a dead vine, when it doesn't have any leaves. Mm. But I definitely touched some vines and it's like mm-hmm. all over. It's in my AC, mm-hmm. like my elbow pit. Yes. And I have it like under where my watch was and I had it on my face. I had it in my ear. Oh. Probably what happened is that I had a little and didn't realize it, and then it got yes. moved around. Yes. So hopefully I'm almost done with it. But I feel like I have not really even ever had poison ivy this bad before, and it is miserable. I am so sorry you're going through that, and hope you're getting to the other side soon. Me too. What's new with you, Sarah? Last weekend, I went to Georgia to watch the SEC Gymnastics Championships with a friend from high school, and it was so fun. I love it. (laughs) Gymnastics is something I got into over the pandemic, and it's been fun this year to take it to the next level Mm -hmm. of watching live gymnastics meets Mm -hmm. and just fun to have a weekend away, spending it with friends. Would love to make this a regular tradition. For sure. I will say there was one hiccup in the trip, which is I went to pick up the rental car on Friday, only to find out my license had expired two weeks before. Oh, no. And the BMV was closed, Mm -hmm. but they were super helpful at the rental car place. They were like, no problem. We're just going to move your reservation till tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. You can go to the BMV first thing, get your license, and then come back and get the car. And it did work out great. I was hoping to leave earlier, but I was picking up my friend in Nashville on the way, Mm -hmm. and her flight actually ended up getting delayed. So I got there right when she got there. Yeah, that's perfect. All's well that ends well. But little PSA to everyone to check your license and when it expires. I'm not sure how people remember that, honestly. (laughs) Doesn't it expire on your birthday? It does. Every six years. Do you check every year? Do you know? Are you on top of this? (laughs) I don't know for sure, but I do know that it's around my birthday, and I know about when I got my Alabama license. So Mm -hmm. because we keep moving states, Mm, you're always having to get a new one. always having to get a new one before it expires. Probably this is a good lesson for me now, because we're probably here for a while in Alabama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. I thought about it when Neil renewed his license in the fall, and Mm. his work reminded him. Because they have it on file because he drives for work sometimes. Oh, sure. So at that point, I thought, okay, mine's coming up. And then I never thought of it again Mm. until I was standing at the rental car place. I guess it's good you don't still drive the van for work, too. (laughs) Well, I wonder if my work would have notified me if I was still working where I was in a position that regularly drove. Hmm. So. It's fine. I did not drive at all with an unexpired license because I didn't drive for my birthday until I was at the rental car place. (laughs) There you have it. All right. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What is your latest book, Abby? I recently read The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. 
This is a cozy book about Micah Moon, who is a British witch who is hired to teach three young witches how to manage their magic. And a lot of people who recommend this book bill it as, if you liked House in the Cerulean Sea, then you'll like this. Mm-hmm. But I was not a huge fan of House in the Cerulean Sea. It was mm-hmm. too Same. sickly sweet. Yes. And I also struggled some with the world building in that book. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the things that I disliked about that one were fixed in this one. Mm. The world building was really excellent. There was a very sweet romance. I really loved the characters more than I loved the House in the Cerulean Sea characters. Mm-hmm. And so while it ties up very neatly in the end, it is not sickeningly sweet or cloying. And so mm-hmm. I really loved it and would recommend it. It felt very warm and cozy. Lovely. What have you been reading? I read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. This is a memoir written by the star of Nickelodeon's iCarly show that details her experience as a child actor and the abuse she suffered at the hands of her narcissistic mother. Mm. I like reading memoirs that feel foreign to my experience, and the experience of being a child actor in L.A. is certainly that. Yep. So I liked those parts of it and seeing into that world Mm -hmm. and what it's like. It was a hard read. There was a lot of abuse, emotional, sexual. Her mom encouraged and supported her eating disorder. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. And it really was 90% of the book detailing the horrors of her experience. And then the last 10% was about her recognizing and coming to terms with that abuse and going to therapy. Mm. So it didn't feel balanced to me. In the end, I felt similar to how I felt when I finished Prince Harry's memoir, Mm. which was, I am happy that they wrote the book. And it seems like it was a cathartic and necessary experience for them but I'm not sure that I needed to read all of it. Mm. It was a solid celebrity memoir, but I would just say be sure you are in a place to read about all the abuse that was in it. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about our topic for today, our experience in school through the years. Let's go back and forth through different ages of schooling and talk about our highs and lows. Let's start with elementary school. What were your highs? When I thought back on it, the thing that came to mind first was the music program at my school. Mm. We had this amazing music teacher, and she did all this extra stuff with us. There was a show choir that I was in. I also remember doing musicals and shows and just really loving that. That sounds amazing. It was. The second thing that I really loved about my elementary school experience is that we got to switch classes. So after kindergarten, we had different teachers for ELA, Mm. science, math, and social studies. And then we had a homeroom and we rotated Mm -hmm. together as a homeroom through the classes. I liked not having the same teacher for everything. That was really good for me. Was that district-wide that that happened or was that unique to your school? That was unique to my school. Okay. It was a magnet elementary school for academics, and Mm -hmm. they had that in place, I think, specifically for that. And I think at the other, there were two other magnet elementary schools in the district, and I think it was that way at those schools as well. What was good about your elementary school experience, Sarah? I really loved going to a neighborhood school that we could walk to. Mm. And I think in kindergarten, I 
walked with my sister and then took the bus home because it was half day. But after that, it was always walking with my sister and or neighborhood kids. And I really loved the independence Mm -hmm. of that. And just little fun things like there was a church on the way home and sometimes we would go in there and get something from the vending machine. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And it felt like it was being rebellious, Uh even though it very much wasn't. Right. But it was things we were getting to do without grownups with us. Really loved having that experience. I generally liked school in elementary school. Sometimes I found it slow and boring, but I don't ever remember dreading going to school. It was like, okay, this is fine. And I love that we didn't have too much homework. Mm -hmm. I think that that can vary so much from school to school, or maybe it's just as time goes on, there gets to be more homework. But I feel really glad that that is not something I remember about my elementary school experience. And then socially, what stands out to me is one really good friend that I had from third through fifth grade. And when I met her in third grade, I think on the first day, just feeling like, ah, I found my person. Aww. And there was other people that I hung out with in elementary school, but just that felt like my first close friendship mm-hmm. and is something that I'll always treasure about that time. And a final social thing that I appreciated about my elementary school is that it didn't feel like they were cliques. And I didn't realize that was a unique experience. But then when I got to middle school and there were cliques, I realized that a lot of my friends who went to a different elementary school, that was their experience for several years before arriving at middle school. And there were definitely groups of friends in my elementary school, but it still very much felt like we were all included. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know if some of that was my own naivete about what was going on Mm -hmm. and if I was oblivious to certain things. But to me, it really felt like you're in a class. There's some people you connect with more than others, but you're all still friendly. There wasn't a lot of drama, I guess I would say, in my elementary school experience. And I feel grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to some of the lows or challenges we experienced in elementary school. So the first thing is that the kindergarten teacher at my school, so my very first experience at this elementary school, had what I think were really unrealistic expectations for kindergartners. So things like Hmm. we had to copy things from the board a lot. And that was really Mm -hmm. hard for me. Like my brain didn't work that way. And so I remember missing a lot of recess Hmm. and centers to have to sit and finish my work. And that was never the case again after that. So I don't know if the Hmm. kindergarten teacher was trying to like get everyone up to a certain level with those Mm -hmm. kind of behaviors or if she was kind of old school. And so she was doing things that like the other teachers weren't necessarily using that kind of like pedagogical strategy or something. I never struggled Mm -hmm. again like I struggled in kindergarten. But honestly, Mm. that kind of colored my whole experience in elementary school because I was a really, I mean, I'm still a really sensitive person, but I was a really sensitive kid and I cried a lot. And so I think I kind of got labeled in kindergarten as a crier. Mm. And then it made the social things hard going forward. Like I remember people mentioning, oh, don't tell that to Abby. She'll just cry about it. You know, things like that, Mm. which was really tough. And then by fourth and fifth grade, there were definitely cliques at school and they were based around mm-hmm. things like cheerleading tryouts. Like, why are we having mm-hmm. cheerleaders in fourth grade? I don't know. No one knows. But there were. And it 
felt like I was on the outside of a lot of that. And that felt really hard. Hmm. Yeah. My hardest year in elementary school was fourth grade. I had a teacher that I just did not connect with. She was a young extrovert, and it seemed to me that she preferred the kids that had personalities similar to hers, mm. which seems like a really natural thing, right? Yeah. That, of course, as a teacher, you're going to connect with some kids more than others. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that you're going to connect with kids that you can relate to more than kids that you don't relate to. Mm. But I also think it's a teacher's responsibility to recognize that in themselves Mm -hmm. and that it shouldn't be so obvious to me as a child in the class that I was among the not preferred. And I don't remember it making me feel bad. I remember it making me feel angry (laughs) (laughs) because it seemed really unjust. Yeah. Reading Quiet by Susan Cain as an adult was such a validating experience for me because she put into words what I had not been able to do in that the school system values extroversion. Mm. And I felt that as a quiet introvert going through school, but I couldn't articulate it. Mm. Like I knew something about me, the system didn't like as much, Mm -hmm. wasn't quite as rewarded. And I didn't want to not be me, but I wanted the system to like me Mm -hmm. and support me in who I was. And I don't think that it did. Hmm. I do think it has given me a really good perspective for my own kids in that they're not going to connect with every teacher that they have Mm -hmm. and that some teachers are going to be a better fit for them and some teachers are not, and that's okay. And I don't have to fix that. And you can learn things from that experience just as well as you can from the teachers that you connect with more. It's true. So I do appreciate that, but also I'm glad I don't have to relive fourth grade. Let's move on to middle school and junior high. Before you get into the highs, why don't you share what grades this was for you? Because I know that varies across different school systems. Yep. In the school that I went to, elementary went K-5, and then middle school Mm -hmm. was 6 through 8. For me, elementary was K-5, and then we had both middle school and junior high. Mm. So middle school was 6 and 7, and then junior high was 8 and 9, and then high school was 10 through 12. Interesting. The top things for me in middle school were band. That's when I started playing the French horn, and I really Mm. loved it. Mm-hmm. I also loved watching the theater shows and supporting friends who mm-hmm. were in them. I wasn't involved in theater in middle school, but we had a very strong program and it was a social thing for everyone to go and watch the shows. Mm-hmm. And I just remember them being really good. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing is the academics. I had a particularly great eighth grade English teacher and we did a lot of awesome stuff in there. I specifically remember a unit on mythology that there was like Mm. an acting out situation that we did in small groups that was really awesome and then I also started taking French in seventh grade and loved that Mm -hmm. yeah French is one of my highs as well it is when I first realized how much I love learning languages and the connection to travel with that that my first international trip was taking a trip with my French class to France and Spain 
in, I think, eighth grade, maybe the summer after eighth grade, and that I saved up my money so that I'd be able to go and just felt like the world really opened up to me in this way that it hadn't before. It also opened up my view of academics, getting to choose classes, Mm. when up to that point, everything had been prescribed and you just take what you have to take. So getting to have some choice felt like another way that I had control over my academic experience that I hadn't had before. Junior high, which, as I said, was grades eight and nine, is where I really found my friend group that I'd stick with through the rest of my school experience. And that felt really good. I also think I did a lot of figuring out what mattered and what didn't through trial and error in terms of academics. This could probably also be classified as a low when I think back on certain experiences. I wanted to do well, but I also learned pretty quickly that I was not willing to give up on sleep or time with friends or extracurriculars to be perfect. Mm. And I think middle school and junior high is where I was learning what that balance would look like for me. And I didn't quite get it, but I do think it was the start of a broader perspective on what mattered. Mm. What about some of the lows or challenges you faced in middle school? For me, again, it was the social stuff. Mm -hmm. Clicks were rampant. Feeling left out was really rough. I did have a really good group of friends that I hung out with, had sleepovers with. Mm -hmm. We watched old movies together. It was really fun. But those friends weren't in band. And because so Mm -hmm. much of your time and schedule was dictated by what extracurriculars you were in, Mm -hmm. I was with band people a lot. And so there was this group of band girls that I wanted to be with, but there were four of them and then me. So it made five. So it was a very fifth wheel kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fine. We were friends, but it was not the depth of friendship that I wanted from them. And it was a lot of like cattiness mm-hmm. and back and forth. And so I was on the edge of the group, but I just kept trying because, you know, we were sort of continuously thrown together. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been good if I could have. And who can do this, right, as a 13-year-old? But I think it would have been good if I could have said, hey, maybe these aren't the people for me. I have this other Mm -hmm. really great group of friends. Why not invest in that? But for whatever reason, I couldn't let it go. Yeah. There was some tough social stuff for me as well. I think my middle school, so sixth and seventh, was more of that traditional, tough Mm -hmm. social life. I remember seeing all the social maneuvering, which was so different from my elementary school experience, and seeing the popular kids, but thinking, why do people want to be friends with them? It was very confusing to me because they seemed very mean. Mm. It's like, oh, they are wearing very expensive clothes and are not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I was still figuring all that out. And my good friend from elementary school was in a different team of teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get to see her and we were drifting apart. And it felt like I was just hadn't found my people yet. Mm -hmm. So I remember some loneliness and just social awkwardness Mm -hmm. at school during those times. And I was so glad to have other things going on too. And to have gymnastics and friends through that. And my youth group at church and while I hadn't found 
a depth of friendship during middle school, I felt like I still had people other places. Mm -hmm. And that was really important to me. Absolutely. Let's move into high school. What were your highs from that time? I met my BFF in ninth grade theater. We're still good friends. We talk almost every day. (laughs) So that was awesome. And because I could do theater and band, it was really nice to have both groups to be part of socially. Plus, I just loved those extracurriculars. I just really loved them. Mm -hmm. Also, we had great academics at my high school. My teachers were amazing. Particularly memorable teachers were my biology teacher, who I had for junior and senior year because I took anatomy and Mm -hmm. physiology and then biology too. So I had her for both of those. And then my U.S. history teacher was amazing. And I had a really excellent world history teacher as well. I also, my freshman year, had a really good French teacher who ended up leaving to become a Unitarian minister, but the one year we had with her was wonderful. And I had really good friends. I feel like high school was when I really figured out that if people wanted to be friends with me, then it would feel easy and nice to be friends and not hard Mm. and sad. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I really grew Mm -hmm. into that. As a young person, and so that was really good, I was in the International Baccalaureate Program, and it was really like a school within a school. So we had all our Mm -hmm. classes together. We were all very academically motivated. I'm still friends with several of them. And then, like you said about middle school, I was really thankful to have outside of school friends through church, through youth orchestra, through community theater. And that really blossomed as well because I could be under my own steam more to cultivate those friendships. And it was less about just being thrown together. Mm -hmm. The friends I made were absolutely the best part of my high school experience. Mm -hmm. I look back really fondly on the time I spent with people, just really felt like a group of people who enjoyed each other's company and who I could be myself with. Mm. I think our high school was nice that it was big enough where everyone could find their group of friends. Mm. It's like the popular kids were still doing whatever they wanted to do by themselves, (laughs) but everybody else was just having a great time without them Yeah, and could find their own people. And I really, really loved that. I found the academics to be very challenging. I think many of my high school classes were more challenging than what I experienced in college. Mm -hmm. And that is not to denigrate my college professors, but just I think I had really excellent high school teachers and feel so lucky to have had that experience. So many of them helped to develop my critical thinking skills and my writing ability in a way that has served me to this day. I also loved discovering that you can just do things without being an expert just because you want to and it's fun. I decided to do cross country my senior year. I had never been a runner before and had such a wonderful experience. And that is something I have taken with me into adulthood, that it's never too late to try something new. And that doing something just because you want to is a great reason to do it. Yeah. That you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be winning medals. It doesn't have to be a line on your college application. It can just be fun. I love it. What were some lows for you in high school? Again, 
the ongoing friend drama. Friend in quotation marks. One friend from elementary slash middle school very memorably declared in the hall between classes in 10th grade that we had never been friends. And that was so, so, so hurtful. And then even through senior year, when I had good friends elsewhere and I was doing band because I loved it, you know, I'm making conversation with one of these band girls about something like prom or homecoming, you know, something like that. And she thought that I was asking about this dance because I was going to steal her boyfriend to go to the dance with me. She didn't think I was just making conversation. It was just really annoying. (laughs) And I'm so glad it's over. And you couldn't pay me to go back. One of the hard things for me was taking on too much. Mm. I think being in an environment with a lot of driven kids, I felt like I needed to take on the most challenging classes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of my personality too. It's like, well, of course I can do that. If they can do it, so can I. (laughs) Like, who am I proving anything to? But somehow I I felt like I very much needed to prove that I could handle it. Mm. And I could not. (laughs) (laughs) It's the moral of that story. My parents were very much telling me not to sign up for all these classes and that I was taking on too much. And I proceeded because, of course, you know everything when you're 16 and had to drop some classes partway through the year, my junior year, because I was just so overwhelmed. And I think that experience has shaped my desire to not have so much on my plate ever again. (laughs) I do not like the feeling of deadlines looming and no time for myself, no time to read, no time to sleep. I hate it. I hate it so deeply in my soul. And I really think high school was one of the most stressful times of my life, Mm -hmm. which sounds so silly. Obviously, I've led a privileged life if the most stressful thing for me is having a multitude of classes and extracurriculars to deal with. Mm. But just the time pressure on me, I do think was greater than than it has been since then. Intentionally going to class all day and then going to swim team for multiple hours and then having homework. It felt like I was on a treadmill that I could not get off of. Mm -hmm. And you learned your lesson. Mm -hmm. That's great. I did. And I realized that you actually can get off. Mm -hmm. You actually can drop classes partway through. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. You may be sobbing in a teacher's office Mm -hmm. while you're explaining to them why you need to drop their class. But it's fine. We've all been there. (laughs) It's fine. I think it is also where I learned to manage schoolwork more generally, but that was such a painful process Mm. of learning how to procrastinate effectively (laughs) because I do think I'm still a procrastinator, Uh but I have a much better understanding of how long certain things will take and when to put something off and when to get it done. And I had not figured that out. So there were some hard learned lessons along the way. And that I think is good for me to keep in mind because sometimes I'll see my kids not getting something done that they could. And then I think, Sarah, would you have been getting that done? Or would you be doing exactly what they were doing? And then I think, yep, we all just got to figure this out in our own way, in our own time. We sure do. (laughs) To continue that conversation, how did your experience throughout your K-12 schooling influence what you want for your kids in school and just how you think about and handle school situations that come up with your kids? 
The first thing is that I am a proud product of public school, and that is a value that Andrew and I share for our family and that we have chosen for our children. The second one is that my experience with intense academics has made me want less of that for my kids, or at least to make sure that they have options that feel right for them. I don't know that I ever felt overwhelmed with academics, but when I look now at what is available in terms of like magnet schools and things around us, I'm like, you know, we don't need that. My kids are going to learn to read and learn to math and it'll be fine. (laughs) Just feels like plenty. Mm -hmm. I also lean toward doing less outside of school and having more time outside and unstructured than I did as a kid. School feels like a lot for my seven-year-old, so I don't think we need to do a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is kind of a reaction to how much I did as a kid. And finally, because the social pieces were so hard for me through much of my schooling, I just want to make sure that I'm tuned into that and supporting my kids to the extent that I can and that they need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's related to not overscheduling too. I feel like the more time my kids have to have spontaneous social interactions, With friends, maybe that we're doing in the context of family, maybe that we're doing, you know, at the park, the better their social emotional development will be. And that honestly Mm -hmm. feels much more important to me than anything academically. And that totally comes from a place of privilege because my kids are going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But the not being a jerk really feels like the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think with the perspective I have now, most of school doesn't matter. Yep. Learning how to learn is the most important piece. And if you can do that, you can be successful. So keeping that big picture in mind that being the best, getting the highest grades, getting into the honors program, getting the test scores does not correlate to living a happy and fulfilled life. Mm And I'm so grateful to my parents that they had that perspective. And I was the one who was pushing myself and had to learn what mattered and what didn't and what I could handle and what I couldn't. Mm -hmm. But it never was because my parents had this expectation of me. And I want to offer that to my kids, too, that we love you for who you are, not how well you're doing Mm -hmm. in school. And that school is about figuring lots of things out, not just learning the facts, social and emotional, like you said, but also figuring out what interests you Mm -hmm. and what you actually want to learn. One thing Neil and I talk a lot about is that we are never going to be able to create the ideal or perfect environment for our kids. Mm -mm. And that's fine. That's good, actually. They don't need the path smoothed before them. Mm -hmm. And there are things that I find frustrating about the school system, Mm -hmm. but there are things about life that are frustrating. And so this is a good way (laughs) to figure out how to start navigating that and that we don't have to make it perfect for our kids. Right. That wraps up our conversation about our experiences in K through 12 school. Now let's move in to sharing something we've been eating lately. I would like to share about what we've been having for breakfast almost every day, which is pancakes. Mm. This used to be a special event when we would make pancakes because it felt like 
some amount of work mm-hmm. to get all the things out and make it. But HP has been wanting pancakes. And the compromise we have come up with is that he gets out all the ingredients and puts them on the counter. I put them all in the bowl. He mixes it up. And then he does all of the putting on the pan, watching, mm. flipping, et cetera, okay. which is the part I actually really hate. Okay. And as he said today, he can make the batter himself. <laughs> he just doesn't want to. And I was like, well, same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I actually think if I don't have to get out the stuff and put it away and do the pancake flipping, it takes me like two minutes to put the ingredients together. Sure. So that's fine. And then they're having a breakfast that they're excited to be eating. Mm-hmm. So they're not going off to school hungry. It's really been working for us. Great. Do you like pancakes? I like pancakes fine. They're not that high on my list. I usually have them make one plain pancake for me mm-hmm. that I eat with butter. And then they make chocolate chip pancakes for themselves. Mm. And then E doesn't eat as many in the morning as HP does. And she saves hers for after school and then eats them cold as an after school snack. Great. What have you been eating? I have been making giant salads to take to work with mm-hmm. me. The first week, I put bacon, cheese, tons of vegetables like peppers and peas and corn. That was really good. And then the next week, I did more of a chef salad with like hard boiled eggs and lunch meat mm-hmm. and tons of dressing. And I really love it. It's so good. Mm. I love a good salad, but mostly when I don't have to make it. It is kind of a lot of work, but one thing that helped is before my three days of work, I chop all the stuff and then I just assemble it the morning of so nothing gets too soggy and that works pretty well. I am glad it's working for you. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes in your podcast player. You can also leave us a comment on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. My one kindergarten memory is of the teacher telling me that I was writing my S's backward and me being like, that's cute, that she thinks that she knows how to write S's better than I do. Once an Enneagram 8, always an Enneagram 8.